gaze into the future of ASCs, and learn about the potential for growth and innovation at Becker's 29th annual The Business and Operations of ASCs meeting this October in Chicago. With 200-plus ASC speakers and more than 60 sessions, you'll leave the event with valuable insight and relevant action items to lead your ASC into the next 12 months. See if you qualify for complimentary attendance as a reviewer by clicking the link in the description. This is Alan Condon with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Kayla schneeweiss Keen, Administrator at Man Cataract Surgery Center in Houston, Texas. Kayla, pleasure to have you on the podcast with us today. Before we dive into our discussion, I'd love to turn the floor over to you to hear a little bit about your role and your surgery center. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I'm the surgery center administrator for Manai Institute Surgery Centers. Uh, we have two of them currently, one in Houston and one in, our, in Humble, Texas. We're building a third one out in uh, Sugarland, Texas. Um, and we also are building an office-based surgery suite up in North, North Austin. Um, and I've been with MAN for over 14 years. Uh, so I really enjoy working, working with this company um, and, and all the people here. And I'm also on the board of the Texas Ambulatory Surgery Society. Okay, fantastic. This sounds like a really interesting surgery center. I'd love to kind of pick your brains on the third surgery center in the works. Um, but before we get to that, uh, I'd love to kind of just kick things off by talking about room turnovers. I know this is something that, that your organization does particularly particularly well, excuse me, in operating room turnovers. Can you give us a little bit of a share your secret to success for other administrators who may be listening to this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're, we're kind of proud of what we came up with. <laughs> and it's quite fun. Um, so, well, first and foremost, we uh, cross-train. Uh, all of our staff is, is cross-trained and it helps to know what the other person is needing and what they what their job responsibilities are. But first and foremost, communication is your most important piece for, for turning over the rooms, especially in high volume centers. Um, so our, our secret to success has been um, a Google Nest. So we have put a Google Nest in each of our um, ORs, and then we also put it in pre-op, um, which is close to pre-op and recovery, so they share one. And then in the instrument room, um, so when the case is close to being done, the circulator will say, hey, Google broadcast uh, lens in, and everybody will hear that. So at that point, our instrument techs are coming into the room and they're gonna start breaking down the back table. Our recovery uh, personnel are gonna be standing right outside of the OR waiting for the surgeon to be done. Um, and as soon as he is done, it's, it's uh, NASCAR, <laughs> NASCAR <laughs> fast. Um, we're changing the room around. So, I mean, we all have, we all know our role of, of flipping the room and, and the rationale of why we wanna flip it because our surgeons, they also had the mentality of wanting to, to flip the room fast as well and, and get into the next case. Um, I mean, our fastest surgeon, for example, is he can do five, seven minute cataracts. I mean, it's, it's really, really quick. Yeah. Um, some of our other surgeons are not that fast, but I mean, but still everybody has the expectation to be, hey, I, I want you ready for me when I'm done. In, in addition to the Google Nest, we have uh, TV screens uh, in most of our areas. So one in pre-op and in, in each in the OR. Um, that's going to display the schedule. It's going to tell us who's up next, what I, I they are. Um, so, for example, if, if this, this one's important to the scrub tech because instead of having them spend that time running out of the room, checking the schedule that's out in the hallway, 
and then running back in to start flipping the room, whether it's a right eye or left eye, they can just take a look on the screen and, and flip their room right then and there. And those, those few seconds, um, it, it makes a difference to them. And so they appreciate it. And then we also have a, a, our laser operator. So in, in cataract surgery, we have the femto second laser here and um, about 75% of our patients are femto lasers. So our, our femto operator is pretty busy, but she also will help direct the surgeon um, to what room he's going into next, whether he has a YAG laser or he's going into maybe OR3 next or OR2 next or OR1 next. Yeah, I mean, fa fascinating to hear about the process. So a couple of two or three things that are really impl implemented, it seems like, is really kind of helped, uh, you know, your secret to success in terms of these operating room turnovers. The one thing, uh, the Google Nest in itself, is that something that, did you hear that from another surgery center? Is it something you came up on your own? I'm so curious into how the, the idea came about and how it was initially implemented. Yeah, one of our uh, one of our staff members helped come up with it. So in our um, previous surgery center, we had um, walkie talkies. Mm -hmm. um, and they were they were they worked well. Um, but of course, you have to keep them on you and, and make sure you push the button and whatnot. And it wasn't, you know, walkie talkies aren't, aren't really as fun as the new technology now, such as Google Nest. And so um, we we kind of brainstormed at how we can communicate better. And um, one of our nurses said, you know, what about the Google Nest? Because, you know, I can I can say, hey, Google Broadcast, dinner is ready, and everybody comes running. <laughs> <laughs> so how and how is the I guess the nurses, the support staff, how have they taken to the technology, the the initial switch that I, I assume uh, you know everybody's on board and kind of all, all loves the new the new technology, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had even even one of our days we um, we started joking around and um, and doing like cool call signs, like you know, uh, hey Google Broadcast, this is you know this is Rubber Ducky. We have a, a duck on a pond right now that's ready to go. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get we'll get really creative and playful with it, and 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 especially when nobody else in the other in the other departments are 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 aware of that we're going to broadcast something silly like that. It's it's entertaining to them. Yeah, and I bet it all kind of ties into, you know, somewhat of a morale boost and keeps the day kind of light and stuff as well. Um, yeah, I absolutely. Guess, <laughs> I guess really fascinating to get the technology aspect, how that's kind of improved. But I'm guessing um, for other ASC administrators who might be listening to the podcast, are there anything you point them towards in terms of process-wise to really kind of help them and lead into faster room turnovers? Um, communication, communication, communication. Uh, figuring out a way to op to optimize that is is definitely going to, going to be the key. Um, organization, um, everything needs to be pulled and accounted for ahead of time. And I know that's usually a common thing. Hey, go pull your cases, make sure you're ready for the next day. But um, you'll be surprised that sometimes you you think you have everything. Um, we, for example, we've had a handful of times where we we thought we've had the lens on hand, but the patients patients in the room and we're ready for a lens and we don't have the lens and so we're like oh crap let's go call another surgery center and get that lens over here really quick so it that then therefore your room is held up at that point so it's going to slow down your your turnover time and slow down your your flow um i would also say cross train um or if you can't cross train because i know multi-specialty centers are a little dip, more difficult than ophthalmology um at least have everyone shadow um, every everybody's position and know what that team member does. For example, if your uh, scrub tech knows exactly what to what to do and where to drop their instruments off in the instrument room, um, 
to help that instrument person. Maybe maybe the instrument person is tied up when in another OR or tied up cleaning the instrument um, on another case. If they know that they can quickly go and drop that instrument tray off in a certain section where that person wants it, then they can quickly go and turn over their room and not worry about, hey, not, you know, I've seen some circulators will sit there and leave the instruments in the room and not take them out to the to the soiled area and they're just waiting for somebody to come pick it up so and it and it's some, usually down to communication and then not knowing where to put it not knowing what other person's job responsibility is so um, i found just over the years that when staff are cross-trained um, it it helps people understand what their expectations are and hey how can i help each other and then communication uh, communication seems like something that is simple, but that definitely cannot be understated. And obviously, the impact of that cross training for multi specialty ASCs like yourself as well. Uh, one thing I'm curious about is something that you said earlier on. You said one of your surgeons could perform cataract surgeries in five to seven minutes. I'm curious, how does that kind of sense of, I guess, competition between surgeons emulate within your ASC? Does that kind of build in or lead into like increased uh, faster turnovers as well? Or uh, how do you kind of, how does that play out inside your, your facility? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have, they have competition between each other. Um, it, it sometimes can get sensitive because you don't want to, you don't want to bring them up and say, Hey, someone's forgot your faster than you. What are you going to do about it? Right. <laughs> you don't right. want to bring that up to them because that, that sometimes can uh, spark a little bit of animosity, but uh Mm -hmm. uh, they're they're all aware of each other's um, speed times, and of course the the staff talk to them as well. Um, but yeah, it definitely motivates them to, to to speed up because I mean, in a high volume center, that's kind of the name of the game. You want to be fast because I mean, if you're doing cataracts every 30 minutes, you're really not going to be profitable because your your cost analysis from your supplies and your labor standpoint. Um, so the faster, the better. Yeah, it's certainly a delicate role. I imagine you have to play as administrator with all those surgeons. Um, I guess, so I, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe there's about 30, 27 positions or so at your, uh, at your organization, about seven surgeons. And like you mentioned at the top of the conversation, a third surgery center in the works. A um, lot of growth there to be proud of, especially, especially at this current kind of environment. Um, can you give us a little bit more insight into that third surgery center and kind of how you're thinking about growth over the next year? Yeah, absolutely. So the third surgery center is um, is is being built by one of our other surgeons, and we're we're actually separating it from the Mani family, so we're not going to be calling it uh, the Man Cataract Surgery Center or, or Man. It'll be called Grand Parkway Surgery Center. And we did this on purpose um, to separate it completely so outside surgeons can have a chance to come buy into that, that practice and that surgery center. Um, so we're actually hoping to, once we open, to bring in other surgeons for them to buy in over there. But we're also looking for surgeons to come to our, our Houston and our, our Humble surgery centers as well. Um, we're about to bring on an oculoplastic surgeon this summer. Um, he's going to be leaning more towards the cosmetic side, so we're actually excited about that. We've had plastic, oculoplastics before, but um, they were more leaning towards the functional side. Um, so we're excited to, to see the more of the co cosmetic side because um, he's got some more in-depth cases coming along that we've never seen before. Um, we're also looking for a glaucoma surgeon and a cornea surgeon. <laughs> 
and uh, we're thinking about retina because we have retina equipment um, and the surgeon that we initially had decided he just wants to do injections in the practice, which is fine. But um, we, of course, have the equipment that we need to start utilizing. So we're, we're, we're looking for big amount of growth in the next year or two. Um, lots of surgeons added to the added to the practice and the surgery center. Wow, and so we're um, moving forward. Sorry, amazing. Yeah, it sounds like uh, especially around the surgeon recruitment aspect, it sounds like uh, certainly big, big growth ahead. Um, one note on that. I know obviously we're hearing about all the challenges in terms of staff recruitment, specifically around nurses, support staff. But in terms of the physician aspect, the surgeon aspect, which you just mentioned, is there anything? Um, how are you kind of approaching rec recruiting those surgeons? Where are you looking, and uh, how has it been fruitful so far? Um, our CEO is helping me with that, um, and she finds uh, well, the HR will go and find them, and then. Uh, the process will go through our, our CEO um, and then and then through the surgery center. Um, but our CEO is really, really talented at finding good surgeons. Um, we've been we've been blessed here at Man to have really just down to earth uh, surgeons come on board and work well with the staff. Yeah, amazing, which is, I, I guess, absolutely key in, a, in an organization like yours. Um, Kayla, really fascinating to, to hear everything that's going on. A ton of, ton of growth, a lot to be proud of. Uh, last question I have for you before, before we wrap up. It obviously, it seems like now more than ever, ASC leaders in particular um, really need to be nimble, flexible, shift priorities and really move with the many challenges of today's healthcare environment. With that in mind, what does it take to be a great ASC leader today? And do you have any advice for emerging leaders? Yeah, absolutely. Um, leadership is a little bit of a passion of mine and I, I enjoy learning. It's a lifelong learning process. Um, the most important thing um, that any leader needs to know is leader, leadership doesn't come with a title at all. Um, and, and it is, is a lifelong learning process. So you want to be able to, to realize that it, you're, you never will be like, okay, I made it. <laughs> it's always, you're always learning. Um, and then second, I would say the, the leader needs to know themselves first. Um, and this would, this would involve, um, well, most recently I've done like a, a disc, disc assessment or like the insights discovery assessment, and there's multiple assessments out there, but you, it'll help you find out your leadership style. Um, and then you want to dig a little deeper into like finding um, like the leadership, the, your your leadership traits and biases that you might have and, and work on improving those. And then um, I would say probably one, a, a, a big one for leaders is emotional intelligence. Um, you want to find that your weaknesses and your triggers and improve on those. Um, a lot of a lot of leaders don't realize that they need to work on their emotional intelligence. But I think once once leaders dive deep into that and they they realize what they need to work on, it, it really improves their day to day life and and their leadership style. And then also I would say, just establish a relationship of trust with the staff by being just candid and tr transparent with them. Like I said, communication, communication, communication. Staff want to know what's going on. Um, and the, the more you bring them in on the process, the more bought in they'll be um, to the company uh, and the more likely that you'll have them re retain and not leave. Uh, and then I would say lastly, um, just always remember to celebrate the small achievements. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of leaders 
or get down and too busy in the day-to-day -day life of, of the surgery center and just forget to celebrate the small achievements. And I think that would, that would be that would be huge. Everybody can, can realize that there are small achievements. Well, let me back up there because I would I would say that because um, <laughs> I'm a I would say a recovering perfectionist, <laughs> and so uh, it, it's hard to it's hard for for us perfectionism perfectionists to um, celebrate um, small achievements like that. So uh, that that one's important to me at least. <laughs> Okay, there's some sort of some fantastic lines there to wrap up, but also some great leadership advice for for the emerging leaders out there. I I love the term a recovering perfectionist, but also <laughs> leadership doesn't come with a title and is a lifelong learning process. I thought that was a really a really great line as well. Kayla, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule, and um, I look forward to following the, the growth of your surgery center down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.